Welcome to Pick Up Your Sticks, where we talk about why gaming matters, with your hosts, Brett Lindley and Walker Near. I'm Brett, and today we talk about our history with first-person shooters, from the original Doom through GoldenEye, Borderlands, Call of Duty, and, well, back to Doom. We have to ask ourselves, are we first-person shooter bros? So, hey, Walker, do you consider yourself a first-person shooter guy? Uh, you know, that's an interesting question, because when I think about FPS games, I would think that my answer is no. But I think that that's because FPS games have, and this isn't fair because it's not true, <laughs> in my surface thinking, FPS games have kind of been co-opted by, like, call of duty bros and so and i don't associate myself with that crowd at yeah, all i'm not that person i don't I, i'm not a battlegrounds or was it was it PUBG? PUBG. i i only know it's PUBG. i actually don't know like player unknown battlegrounds yep. hey i got it yeah which I'm not player unknown is the name of the guy who made the mod on on arma right. where it originated um but anyway but yeah so it's like i want to say no <laughs> But what's even what's so it's even more crazy about what I just said is that I actually have played a lot of Call of Duty games, too. <laughs> yeah, I haven't so. played as many Call of Duty games as you have, but I've enjoyed them. I've enjoyed my time right. in, in Call of Duty games. It's you know, and, and I mean, obviously, our conversation today is going to be about FPS games, but allow me to segue like I like to do, uh, which is which is or just go off the rails briefly, which is that I also actually have a long storied history of playing sports games but if you ask me what i do i think sports games are great i immediately think of madden bros right and would say no again but that's not that does not represent all sports games right. and i have played and enjoyed madden games before so uh, you know um anyway so really long-winded answer to that question but i guess the answer is i want to say no but if I actually then sit and look at my gaming history and where I've found some really great moments, the answer is yes. Unequivocally, yes. Mm -hmm. I like FPS games. <laughs> what about yourself? How do you answer that question? Well, and I, and I think that we we both kind of came to this head. The whole reason why we're doing this episode is because we both kind of had the same answer. Mm -hmm. That I don't consider myself that big of an FPS guy. Right. Um, and would generally say that no i'm not like fpss are cool but that's not my shtick right. like i like to like oh, i'm a strategy player i you know real-time strategies and strategy games and builder games i definitely am a creative you know mm -hmm. gamer um but when i look back through my history like several of my all-time favorite games are first-person shooters of some sort or another Mm -hmm. Now, some of them weren't as obvious at first because, yeah, the thing that you think of, like at least when somebody says, hey, like, do you like first person shooters? The immediate first thing that comes to mind is Call of Duty Black Ops 2, mm. which I have played and enjoyed and played online and got pretty decent at and started doing the whole like, what is it when you restart over at level oh, zero? Prestige. prestige. Yeah, I started prestiging things and stuff. And, and I enjoyed it. But I think like that's the image that pops in my head when like, hey, do you like first person shooters? I get that image and i'm like eh they're okay 
<laughs> right. Like, like, but I don't want to, I distance, I automatically distance myself. I step back. I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't, don't lump me into just that camp. Right. I, I like them, but. Right. And, and I think that's how I've answered a lot. But then when, when I really sat and thought about it, there's a lot of games that I actually don't consider or didn't think about being a first person shooter first that mm-hmm. just are first person shooters. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where I get a little bit thrown off. Mm. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I, I think that, I mean, it, why, why it's even more ridiculous is because this year, the game that I was far and away the most excited about is Doom Eternal. Yep. Hands down, most excited I've been about a game this year. I mean, Ghost of Tsushima is also really good uh, and is probably a good second place for me, but it, it, Doom Eternal was great. And, I mean, it's Doom. It is, it's, it is the, <laughs> the quintessential birth <laughs> of the first-person shooter <laughs> right. is in its hands. Like <laughs> Right, exactly. So... You know, I don't know. I, um, but I will say, I, I, I think that while that's true, like, I, so I was trying to think back, you know, obviously, you know, we've talked and we want to do some, some episodes about some of these titles that we'll bring right. up. So do more in depth for, right, right. So I, I'll try not to go too in depth into these, these different titles that I'll mention. But like, if I think back, I mean, I played Wolfenstein 3D, um, and I played probably Doom you know, the original Doom on PC, but I didn't have a computer personally when those games were the popular titles. Right. Um, Like the first major PC game I remember playing, which is where shooters were kind of born, right, Um, is is the Wing Commander series. Right. Which... I mean the the flying. It, no, that's because you're, you're not it's in the. It's more of a flight either. sim. It's closer yeah. to a flight sim, like a dogfight right. simulator. Then right, it is as much FPS as Minecraft is. <laughs> because you're. I mean, yeah. To, to be fair, it kind of is. Yeah, I, <laughs> right. I, I definitely wouldn't call even when you use a bow and arrow. I wouldn't call Skyrim <laughs> an FPS. Right, right. Like I, I just even though that's probably. The, I mean, you could play it from third person as well. So whatever. But yeah, but like. Um, Right, right. But yeah, but so then I don't know, like I'm trying to think of the earliest experiences I had with first person shooters outside of the the literal original ones. And I don't know, it might, then after that, it might have been Doom uh, on Super Nintendo, I think they made remade Doom. I'm or... sure they released it on. So I actually so we had a computer early enough that Doom and Wolfenstein were off limits for me. OK, because I was like eight years old, eight or nine. Right. Um. And so my dad was like, not those games. But, I mean, I would say that Descent is really close. Yeah. I, granted, you have the 360 movement, but that was just a step up from... You could move up and down now. Um, that was probably... I Like, I also was Wing Commander, but I'm not going to... I'm going to lump that into Flight Sims or Space Sims. I would say that probably Descent was my first real FPS game. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm racking my brain trying to think of, of what it might have been. I mean, maybe an, maybe Duke Nukem 3D. I remember playing that on my my computer because I didn't get a computer until probably like ninety six, ninety seven, somewhere right. in there. Um, so I remember playing Duke Nukem 3D a bit, 
and uh, yeah, but I don't, I don't, man, like early FPSs, I wasn't. So, like, I mean, like out of, outside of first, let's maybe move to like first memorable. Yeah, pr- probably Goldeneye. Yeah, I was um, going to say that's probably where it starts for me as well. And probably a lot of people. I mean, it, unless you played Doom and Wolfenstein 3D on on a PC in DOS, you, you know, a lot of people's first real big. Oh, you, did you just hit something? You hit a nugget? Yeah, I, well, but I don't know the order. It probably came out later, but I did play Star Siege Tribes also on PC. In, but that might have been post Goldeneye, so that could have been. Yeah, I don't Probably know. Was. I, I was into the Star Siege for a while, so mm. as we spoke a, a way back episode, I was into the Cyberstorms. So right, right, right. But yeah, yeah. Well, in Goldeneye, though, man, I mean, it, it was. I mean, it, it captured me at the um, at a Walmart, just in the display. Mm-hmm. You know, the whatever uh, demo game, I guess. I mean, it, it was the full game, though. It wasn't a demo copy or something, right? Um, but yeah, just seeing like, like, I remember the, the level that I very first saw was, I guess it's the second mission. Um, no, it's the third mission. It's after the facility and you go in and it's like the snow covered zone Uh uh and there's like guard towers and there's guards on those towers and it, it, it starts you out with a silent sniper rifle. And you could shoot the guards. And I mean, it's funny to think about it now because it's in 64. So I'm sure it is terrible. Oh, yeah. But at the time, man, like you could head shoot a guy and then he would actually like fall over with physics and like maybe fall over a railing or. Yeah. And I was just I mean, I was just mind blown by that. (laughs) Well, because up to that point, really, you had like Super Mario type experiences where like. Yeah. It's very predictable, which is supposed to be predictable. You jump on a shell, you kick the shell, it hits the Goomba, the Goomba dies, it hits a block, the block breaks. Like, it's very, very predictable. There were not... Mm-hmm. Ragdoll physics was a... Just a... Like, mind explosion, you know? Yeah, like, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I definitely remember... Like, I, I so I didn't have a 64, but I had a few friends that did. And I remember are we there there was a a a party at a friend's house where we did the millennium party because we were worried one we were like if y2k happens we all want to be here to see it together Mm -hmm. which is for those that don't know all the computers when the clocks hit zero zero they treated it like 1900 and they were worried that all the clocks would fail which actually could have happened there there was a lot of coders that spent a lot of time making sure that y2k wasn't a massive disaster um, and the disaster was avoided, but it could have been. There was very realistic. I, I had a computer that actually rolled over. Mm. My, I had a personal PC at that time, um, but it was a garage sale find in the year 2000. So it was ancient compared to the, the actual computer that we had. I really just used it to write my journals in because uh. um, it had like a 10 kilobyte hard drive. <laughs> <laughs> I would program Zoot on three and a half floppies and take it to the big PC to test them. Wow. Because it couldn't run it. But um but yeah, so so there was a Y2K party and one of the so we watched the we watched Full Metal Jacket, I think The Matrix, and played Goldeneye. Mm. Um and that was I'm what, you know, freshman, sophomore year in high school for me. So that was our our big party and drank, you know, 
uh, grape juice, like the sparkling grape juice for, for yep. Y2K Millennium, you know, New Year's Eve party. Yep. But I there was a lot of GoldenEye. <laughs> so I had the same experience, except we played Gauntlet Legends on 64, and my nice. friends wouldn't let me get any loot, and it was disappointing. If it, it's actually not fair because if they were here, they would argue that I was the one being shady. But as uh, we know, well, you know, that's not I my would, character. I so. would be inclined to say that that was probably 50 50. <laughs> no way. No way. Such a nice guy. Ask anyone or just me. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> So yeah, so but but yeah, I mean, Goldeneye is is one of the most memorable gaming experiences of my of my lifetime, um, and then, I, you know, like I said, Tribes Tribes was good. I actually though, I remember having a buddy in high school. So this this probably was post Goldeneye also, I guess, because I think I got Goldeneye when I was in junior high. Um, but anyway, who and he was like, "Hey, have you ever heard of this game called Half Life?" And I was like. No, and I didn't. I didn't really know what Half Life even meant as a turn of phrase, like as a right. what a, anything. And I was just like, no, I've never heard of that. And he was like, oh, it's really cool. I'll loan it to you. And yeah, I mean, same kind of deal. I was blown away by just how immersed I was in that game. Like right. I just never seen anything like it. And like Goldeneye was, or not Goldeneye, Half Life was was a one of the rare experiences in gaming where the balance just felt fair. Yep. Um, I constantly found myself in situations where it would save a checkpoint and I would die. And when I reloaded at the checkpoint, I had like, you know, the equivalent of three hit points or something. Like I could right. take two or three hits and low ammunition. But if I did it perfectly, I could win. Yes. You know, and, and so I died a ton, but it felt like, it was fair, like Ninja Gaiden. Like I still. Well, it was it. also. I mean, Half Life was so. There was so much. It was so weird because Half Life is a game where there's so much more to that game, but also not. Right. Like there are physics puzzles and stuff in there, which which is great, but it, you never felt like you were going outside of its boundaries and its boundaries were very simple. There was shooting and grabbing and moving things, but the, the amount of things that they accomplished, like it was an RPG without a, a, a tree as far as like a, uh, what do you like when you talk to somebody, like there were no, there were no vocabulary trees where you like select an answer and that changes the course of things. It was an RPG without a vocal element which was yeah well i mean there's also not really any character like you don't level up you don't get new skills or abilities or anything like that either i know what you're saying but i think rpg isn't the right classification or genre but i don't know what i guess it had you... puzzles yeah the puzzles that were more than just the button is hidden like the puzzle where all of the elements are in front of you and you have to use logic to break the boxes that are holding the weight down or something like yeah, I remember being really impressed by, um, which again, I'm sure does not hold up <laughs> in modern times, but I was super impressed by the AI that the Marines had, um, because that was the first time I played a game where the AI enemies would like throw a grenade to flush you from cover and flank right. as they threw the grenade so that when you move, you're in one of the, you know, like what? And again, I'm, you know, I'm sure there's a, a tinge of nostalgia and it's not really that intense. No, but, but... There, there were some to it. Yeah. Like the AI, 19... the AI was not 
as easily predictable. Right. The AI could every time you reloaded, it would change. Yeah. And like the, the, the ninja guys or whatever, like they were incredibly difficult and tricky and I don't know. I just, I was really, really impressed by it, but I would say Goldeneye and Half-Life probably the earliest FPSs that I was really, really moved by. Yeah. I'm so, I think before, so I was exposed to Half-Life a little late. Um, I wasn't exposed to Half-Life till about 2002, 2003. And most of that was through multiplayer. And then I played the single player later. So I played Deathmatch first yeah, yeah. Um, at LAN parties. Wow. This is bringing back memories. But <laughs> I played, I actually think I played Counter-Strike before I played Half-Life. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, yeah. But I did eventually go in and play Half-Life. So quick story. I've never technically beaten Half-Life 1. Because I don't know how, but I don't know what causes it. I did eventually Google it and found that it is a quote-unquote common glitch uh, in an unpatched version of Half-Life where the final boss is unbeatable. So I think I had the same thing because I also fought it forever. and it. Wouldn't... Yeah, I spent like 45 minutes and finding places where it couldn't shoot me and then hitting it in its weird dangly bits. Mm-hmm. The spider dangly bits with rockets and expending every bit of ammunition I have into its weak point and just didn't die. Right. Um, and to the point where I eventually YouTube eventually came along and I was like, I think one of the first let's plays that I watched was just, I wanted to see the end. Like was, was I doing it right? Which I was. <laughs> and then, okay, well I'm not replaying through 40 hours of gameplay or reloading a save 10 hours back because you eventually get to the point where you just have two saves. And I don't know what caused it. I'm not doing it. What, how does it end? Is that the end? If it is the end, I want to see what the five minutes after that was. Right. Yeah. But I think before Half-Life, um, I mean, I'm racking my brain a little bit just to make sure. So outside of space Sims and mech Sims, like earth siege and, and battle tech or whatever, uh, I think as far as first-person shooter goes, uh, Metroid Prime mm. is 100% a first-person shooter. There's zero, you can't third-person camera. And while it is very much so a Metroidvania, it is also very much so a, a first-person shooter. And, I mean, that was, I hook, line, and sinkered into that game. And I so for those that aren't aware or haven't heard other episodes before, the GameCube is my first N- Nintendo console. Um, I had played on other people's SNES and N64s, but I bought a GameCube with my own money when I was about 16. And that was like one of the first games I got. I think I got it for Metroid Prime. And I played that game. There's some of the most deeply ingrained memories are Metroid Prime. We'll have to see. I'll have to see if we can get Misha um, to, which is a friend of mine that this podcast doesn't know, but he does all the music for my other show, The Walk Show. Um, but anyway, he was super into Metroid Prime. Was there two or three of them? I think there, well, it depends. So there's Metroid Prime, there's Metroid Prime Echo, Echoes. Okay. There's there's other M, which most people say is not a Metroid Prime game. Um, oh, it's not. That one is made by the people who make Ninja Gaiden. Actually, it's a team right. ninja game. So, yes. Yeah. And the storyline is, most people argue, the worst of any Metroid. Ga- it breaks the Metroid series. Um, I think there is. So there is a Metroid Prime Three on, or is that other M on the Wii? 
I'm just going to Google it while we're looking. Yeah, Google it while we're looking. Because there, there is at least another one. I think there is one extra one. Um, and they keep talking about resurrecting the final one. In my opinion, so while I haven't played any of the... That's not true. I've played some of the other Metroid games. Um, but I would love to see the series not be rebooted and instead go past Metroid Fusion with Metroid Prime. Because, like, Metroid Fusion... In, in my opinion, the Metroid series... We need to do an episode on that at some point. I won't yeah. go too deep. But the Metroid series really joins together a lot of things that I love in gaming and in sci-fi. And for Nintendo to not push the boundaries with that in the same way that they would push the boundaries in hardware development is really disappointing for me. Like, I am such a diehard Metroid fan. I've read a bunch of the comics. Like, I am a huge lore fiend when it comes to Metroid lore. Even though I haven't played all of the games all of the way through or whatever, I still, I've, I'm, it's one of my favorite series of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Metroid Prime, um, it, it always looked super cool. Um, I was just completely hooked into Dark Age of Camelot when it, mm was at my house being played so misha played it a ton so yes there is a there is a trilogy because there's yeah. there's talk of metroid prime 4 coming out right. at some point i think misha just played the first two i think the oh yeah because the third one came out on wii mm-hmm. and i because didn't I have had a wii I had and i was really game. mad because i always thought that using the grappling hook on the wii would be so awesome and i never got to do it i had another buddy who had a wii and he said that uh metroid prime 3 was and he's a big shooter fan like he played counter-strike and all sorts of other fps's somewhat competitively not professionally but um and he said that metroid prime 3 with the wemo was the the best fps experience he had ever had period so um so yeah i guess worth a look for you there sometime yeah i mean eventually i would like to play through it and and I would love to see it go further. The Fendrana Drifts, for those that know, the music for the Fendrana Drifts, I can still hear just at the first three notes of, and I will know what it is, and I will get chills, and possibly even cry. It is just an, like, there are so many deeply entangled emotional experiences of me staying up till three o'clock in the morning under the covers of the bed in my spare bedroom, like, playing metroid prime and eternal darkness like back to back those are the two games that i played on the gamecube that's like a few of the games that i owned and oof so good yeah yeah, so like so so metroid prime takes me that was probably my my big hook as far as like the first one that i owned okay um i want to say that from there i jumped to halo Mm. so where do you go from half-life so uh, Half-Life 1, I played, and then, I mean, I played a bunch of shooters for a while, like, post-high school. That I, I mean, like, I think one was called Delta Force. I think one was, like, Black Hawk Down. They were all, like, quasi-Milsim online multiplayer games um, that are not, weren't ever that great, but they were multiplayer experiences. So me and my buddies right. did it to, to PvP online or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that so Halo One. I did never own an Xbox. Well, I didn't own an Xbox when Halo One was popular, at least. Um, so I didn't do Halo One. I didn't do Halo Two. So neither of those resonate with me in a in a really significant way. Like I played the Halo One at like 
just parties and stuff where people would have, right. you know, a setup and four controllers and whatever. But uh, Half-Life 2 literally have never played a second of. Um, Wait, Halo no, 2 or Halo. Half-Life? Okay, okay. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> Halo 2 is, is what I meant. That's what we were talking about. Okay. Half-Life 2, the reason that, that I had that little slip is probably because Half-Life 2 is probably the next, like, really major milestone I can think of. I mean... I really liked the Medal of Honor games, actually, just because okay. they simulated the World War II, like Saving Private Ryan. I was like playing through that. So that was cool, although eventually it did overstay its welcome. Um, and that's actually where Call of Duty came in. That was actually Call of Duty's innovation before it became what everyone knows it to be today. Their original innovation was that in the single player campaign of the original Call of Duty, you didn't play as the hero. So in all, and not that you played as the bad guy, but just simply that you just played a soldier in a larger group. Oh, okay. And so uh, your AI teammates would take out enemies sometimes. And like, just the way the story was written, like you also start, like you played through three different faction campaigns. So you played as like an American, you played as a Brit, and then you played as a Russian. And like when you started the Russian campaign, which this has been redone many times now. Right. But back then it was really crazy like when you played as the Russian, you started off without a gun and you guys are, you and your army are on boats and you land and run off the boats and you're with a guy, like you're in pairs. And so your AI teammate has a rifle and you have ammo and he gets shot in front of you. And then you pick his rifle up. Wow. But, but like your like other AI teammates, like run, like soldiers are like running away because the battle's mm -hmm. too scary. And like the commanding Russian officer, like shooting him in the back for being cowards. And like, wow. it was just a really dark, and kind of gritty thing that you didn't really see in most of the other World War II. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of realism. So, like, <laughs> Halo and Metroid and and everything else kind of leading up to this, they're not, they're fantastical. Right. Well, and, and half, you know, not half, the original Medal of Honor um, tried to be that, I think, but it just, it, it, I mean, it was just, it's coming, it's coming on the heels of all of the other FPSs, which is where, the character is this primary here. I mean, it's funny because call of duty now plays like that again, where you're right. You're one dude saves the world basically. Right. Um, but that's, yeah, that's not how it was when it started. And that was its innovation. So I really thought that was awesome. Um, and I'm sorry, I'm going on and on here. No, no, you're fine. But, but so in 2004, Half-Life 2 was set to come out at the end of the year. Doom 3 was set to come out in the middle of the year. And I was looking forward to both of those. I read PC Gamer all the time. They yep. were both these huge leaps in engine technology. Mm -hmm. Doom with its lighting. And Doom, I was going to say, Doom 3's lighting was the thing that was... Mm -hmm. The whole game is based around lighting. Right, right. Um, and then in Half-Life 2, you, you had the physics that yep. was was new. I mean, there was just nothing like that before. Um, so anyway, but I actually picked up the first far cry that came out in like April or May of 2004, which was incredibly sneaky. Like it wasn't a really, yeah, it was kind of a sleeper. Game. It was not publicized very heavily. Well, cause I don't think, I think whoever made it wasn't a big, they weren't a big right. studio, you know? Um, it's the guys who, so what's funny is that far cry, Eventually, it was owned by Ubisoft. They owned the rights to it because they were the mm -hmm. publisher. So the studio that made the first Far Cry went on to be the studio that makes Crisis. See, I was going to... So so 
we have to jump back and then we, i was yeah. gonna bring up crisis okay so i did so for me halo was not an xbox thing mm. halo halo one was released on pc so was I, halo 2 actually really mm-hmm uh, that's fair. It probably I probably wasn't as aware. So Halo One was released on PC when I was still at home, right? Um, and I played through Halo One as a, and maybe this is coming off of the heels of Eternal Darkness, but I felt like Halo One was almost a horror game, like it not all the way through, but in the later game, it yeah. has alien vibes, right? Yep. You're alone. The flood is creepy. I was not scared but i was freaked out on occasion like you have to remember like halo graphics when halo 1 came out especially on pc that was pretty cutting edge yeah and we're talking like 2002 2003 is probably when i was pretty big in it Mm -hmm. um and then so i ended up in a house with a few other roommates and they were like oh hey do you know do you do you play halo and i'm like dude i'm amazing at halo like whatever i was in my head, amazing at Halo on PC. Mm. I had never touched an Xbox controller. (laughs) And they were all, they had an Xbox. And so they're like, all right, cool. Well, let's play some multiplayer then. I'm like, I've never done this, but sure. I mean, how different is it? Slaughtered, wrecked, destroyed. Mm. Just, I was the worst. I, 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 there were moments where I was like, can I live here anymore? Like, can I show my face? Like, Right. But then very shortly after that, Halo 2 comes out Mm. and we're all on even footing. So brand new game, brand new control. I'm used to an Xbox controller now and all the maps are new. All the vehicles are, you know, different. All the weapons are updated. You could dual wield. So I'm kind of on even footing because I'm finally used to using a controller, which I mean, I was a keyboard and mouse for life up to that point. Mm-hmm. And so Halo 1 wrecked in multiplayer, just barely could even play. Finally, Halo 2 comes out and I'm able to hold my footing. And there are some things you, you learn your niche, you know, like what are you good at? What are you bad at? Mm-hmm. And uh, and try to leverage that in multiplayer. I think that was probably the game that we played the most multiplayer on. The single player campaign was amazing and we took turns through it kind of thing. Um, and then so I did not. So this is because the Xbox was just a lot cheaper for all of us to pitch in on. Mm-hmm. Um, this was also the point where, I mean, I'm living by myself working barely minimum wage jobs and it's hard to upkeep a PC by this point. Mm-hmm. So when Orange Box comes out, I'm really interested in Orange Box, uh, which is what Half-Life 2, Team Fortress 2, Counter-Strike, Portal. Yeah. I don't that's probably 2007, I'd say, when that comes I mean, out. Yeah, about. So we're jumping ahead a little bit to jump back, but Orange Box, I don't touch. So and nothing leading up to it do I touch. So I don't get Half Life Two or any of the games that are touched by by Orange Box until way later. And mm. we're talking like within closer to the last five years, like 2015 maybe. Um, and even I don't think I've played Portal Two still. I played through oh. Portal One. Um, but yeah, so I, I didn't jump on because it was just too hard for me to upkeep a PC. And by the time I could upkeep a PC, I would moved on to things that were popular by that time. But so that said, the Halo series was really big for me, but I moved to 
more console gaming by that point because it was just hard for me to keep up with PC gaming. And, um, but I, but there was a, a, which again, one of the things that I couldn't do, which brings us back to crisis. So I couldn't touch crisis with a 10 foot pole if I wanted to, because mm. I could, because crisis was memed for a reason as the PC destroyer. Right. Like it was, can, the, the thing was, the joke was, can your PC run crisis? Right. Like, yeah, but can it? Because like by this point, Doom had been ported to everything and everybody was like, yeah, but a toaster could run Doom. But can it run crisis was the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Right. Yep. That is true. Um, yeah. So. that That's why I tie it to crisis, the, the original Far Cry, because so, I mean, the reason that Far Cry was or excuse me, that crisis was the PC destroyer was because technically from a technological perspective it was really really ahead of its time um it just the graphical fidelity of it was beyond anything else that was out at that time that there wasn't anything else that compared to it and that's what the original far cry was also far cry one was the first shooter i'd ever played where it wasn't linear like you you're dropped into a world and the first map that you're on is this big giant island that's like a I don't know if it's a mile or a kilometer, but whatever it is, it's very large. Right. And there's a clear path of like, there's a road you can follow and like there's guard posts and you can, you can go that way, but you can actually go anywhere in that island from the start. So well, and, and compared to by that, by that point, I mean, even the biggest 007 levels were maybe half a mile, but not open world. You would hit an invisible wall very quickly if you weren't going on like it may be a half a mile from beginning to end, but it's still just a maze that is set. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't think of a, a nonlinear shooter that I played prior to Far Cry. Um, it was. Yeah, it was great. But anyway, and so that led me into Doom 3, which I actually hated as a game. And oh, yeah, I did mean to, mean to mention that that we were all excited about Doom 3. Yeah. And it was terrible. And I had never played any of the Doom games and could still say it was not a Doom game. <laughs> like I just because yeah. it was it was popular culture by that point. You you knew or you didn't. And I was like, this isn't like, I mean, it's cool that I have a flashlight, but everybody agreed that if at least in our household, so there's three other guys that I live with, that if Doom 3 was remade and instead of demons, it was made as an aliens game. It would have probably been perfect to run around with a flashlight and an assault rifle as a Marine and have aliens like that would have like alien isolation type game would have been way better than doom. Right. Yeah. That's probably fair. I mean, I definitely just hated the, the, I mean, it wasn't the, the theme of it at all. It was uh, the way doom three plays is you walk into a room and wherever you can't see, that's where the enemy is attacking you from. And it is that over and yep. over and over. And I just, it, it I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe <laughs> that that was the game that they made. Um, and then, yeah, and then I get my hands on Half-Life 2, which is actually when I created my Steam account. It was That was when they launched oh, wow. Steam. Yep, you that's to, true. to sign up for Steam in order to play Half-Life 2. Mm -hmm. So my Steam account actually dates back to 2004. <laughs> I actually think that was another reason I was against it. I think I was against Steam. Probably. As, as just an idea. Because Most I was like, people. no, I'm not going to make an account that ties me to their gaming service. Like, pff, nope. 
Like, I, I'll make an account for a single game, but not as, like, a game online game store? No, I'll take my CDs, thank you. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, fast forward 15, 20 years, and the entire world is ran on game services. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, I mean, they do still sell physical copies of PC games, like at Walmart and other retailers, but... It's more I, of a niche thing now, is if you want, like, the the stuff that comes with it. Well, yeah, and that's what's so strange is like, A, what modern computer has an optical drive? Right. And what's what's also dumb about it is that, so I, this was in 2007, I moved to, uh, to, to a new place and I had a week before the internet switched over. So I was offline oh, yeah. for a week. Yep. So I prepared by going to Best Buy and buying... <laughs> a single player RPG that I could sink my teeth into for a whole week without yep. the internet. Cause I was a big MMO already at that point. And, um, and yeah, you still, you still had to go online to download parts of mm-hmm. it. Like the whole thing wasn't on the disc. Like, so that my point just being, it's funny if you buy a disc now, anyway, I don't even like, did they even put the game on it or do you right? Just it's just it? the installer. Well, I mean, so Diablo three was on the disc and I installed mm-hmm. from the disc, but like three months later when we went to play it again and I got one of my buddies to play it again, he had, he had put in the DVD because it was by that Mm. point DVD time. He put in the DVD, the installer loads, the installer checks in online and goes that the copy of the game that is on this disc is out of date, downloading the entire, so it installed like 300 megs to get the installer off the disc. And then the other seven or nine gigs just had to be downloaded. And he was so mad because he was like, I have the disc, but so much of the game is invalidated that I still have to download the entire thing. Like, yep. I, there's nothing on the disc. None of the code is salvageable. And he was like, I, you know, at a time when, you know, downloading nine gigs could cost you your 10 gig premium for the month, you know, like that was a big deal. Uh, so actually also to tie it to modern times, I just recently had to... Uh, get new hard drives one of which was my primary drive so i had to reinstall windows well i also ended up reinstalling a lot of games and in the first nine days of this month's billing period am over a terabyte of downloads oh my god what i wish people could see your reaction now to you like slink into the corner that like you're not gonna play a terabyte's worth of games in the next week and it's just not happening it's not but if you think about it clearly and logically i needed to have doom eternal and then i might want to play some warhammer total war so i needed to get both of those um i <laughs> I I downloaded World of Warcraft, which I hadn't haven't okay, played in two fair. months. Yeah. Um, but did just pay for another six months of just today, actually. <laughs> I saw in my bank account. Um <laughs> I also I also, since I had a new hard drive, had to try Call of Duty Warzone again because mm-hmm. you were having problems with that, right? And what if problem. I could play it, which I can. Um it really was <laughs> a hard drive before the, so there's just but Call of Duty Warzone is a 250 gigabyte download on its own. Good. So, God. Right. Yeah. So I, so I, I mean, I agree. I started with Call of Duty Bros, and I'm now telling a story about, about me being, downloading Call of Duty. Yeah. So, ugh. I mean, I told so a buddy of mine was just building a new PC recently, and uh, shout out, he knows who he is. Uh, I told he was like, Yeah, so I'm going to get like a 500 gig hard drive. And I'm like, Please just get a terabyte. 
please. Yeah, yeah, because I've got, I've got a 250 solid and a 500 spin, and the 500 spin is constantly full. I'm having to delete things all the time. Just do it. Just get a terabyte. It's Because really it's, it's so, especially for people like our generation, a terabyte, a terabyte is still a ridiculous amount of data. And it just is. But... It's the weak, nothing will ever be a terabyte. And I don't think it's going to be too long before we see the first terabyte game. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like for maybe sure. what, five years tops for some great, for some big VR high def experience, like 4K files. Yeah, I, I would guess so. Um, I mean, I I don't I don't know. I, I, I don't know how quickly it'll get there, I guess. Um but, I don't think it'll be long, though. <laughs> right. I mean, Call of Duty did catch a lot of flack for the size of of their game um, of Warzone. Like they've and actually this last patch, which was a giant patch, actually reduced the overall file size of the, the application. So um, by, like, by like 10 megs. <laughs> literally, legitimately by like 10 or 20 gigs, which is like 10 percent still. Yeah. So, which is still insignificant, though, really, in the massiveness of it. Um, World of Warcraft, actually, over the years, um, you know, they've actually had seven expansions now, I think. Right. Or whatever. But they actually, I don't know, maybe by the second expansion, uh, maybe the third, but they actually started reducing the file size footprint. Well, and they don't require everything to be installed anymore, either. Like, you used to have to have every single expansion pack, right? Um, Well... So yes and no. I, I, I so it used to be that they sold all of them individually. Right now, you just buy the latest version and you get everything before it. Okay. So yeah, I mean, the only difference would be World of Warcraft is really good, which actually most Blizzard titles are. About it's a big download, but when you start the download, you get like twenty percent in, and it's in a playable state. Right. Yeah. And it then just what have it does the high def textures in or anything yet. Well, and I mean, more than that, because it'll start at like, you can play World of Warcraft when it's like 20% done. Um, so what it's doing is it's only loading in what is necessary for you to log right. launch the game. And then when you go to load into a zone the first time, if it needs to, it will download, yeah, it'll prioritize that, that right. Yeah. So That's fair. Um, but ultimately, you do end up getting everything. So to, to bring it back in... Um... We we go so do, I guess <laughs> I didn't ever ask actually yeah, ask or answer the question of did you play were you able to play Crisis I have never played Crisis uh, yeah I could um, I mean I didn't play it on high or anything right um, it's actually it it's actually offers it actually does the exact same thing that far the original Far Cry game does <clears throat> which is hilarious <laughs> because people complained about it in Crisis also <clears throat> and that is that it starts out. And it's this open world game where you're fighting against other human. I mean, it's AI, but they look like people or right. They're not aliens, enemy soldiers. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's this it's the exact same thing in crisis. The first level is this really giant lush jungle level where you have tons of freedom in how you approach the level and you have your whole crisis suit, which has all these cool abilities and like, which that's not in far cry, but the point just being like, it feels like this really cool sandbox and that, that still has a progression to it, but that, yeah, you can really just kind of play in. And that lasts for like two or three missions. And then it becomes an alien game, not 
Alien the movie franchise. Right, right, right. Just aliens invade. Right, which then changes the way the game plays because now you don't get to shoot a guy in the head and he loses. Now you have to shoot the alien 50 times before it loses and it doesn't fight like a person. It has whatever alien stuff it does. And it, it it's weird because in both cases, it just completely rips you from this really delightful experience that you've been having. And, and it's <laughs> like, wait, what is this? And it becomes corridors. It becomes linear. It, it So much of it changes. Um, but yeah, I did play the first crisis and yeah, that, I mean, the opening level of it is great. It's a really cool <laughs> level. It's gorgeous. I mean, the, 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 the tree leaves and the just the the vegetation of it is so well done right um it's I mean, not I would, two-dimensional right i would guess that it holds up today yeah i would be surprised if it doesn't uh hold up today still hmm. i've never good. i never went back and and tried to play them i was always too afraid when it came out like there was no low setting there was <laughs> ultra high and it went up from there like is is the impression that i had anyway no and uh and i definitely i got into i mean so that was when i had gotten into my brief foray into mmos like one of many mm. but i i think you know there were we played the halo series through on xbox um you know we had two and three was definitely a big deal in our household and then I want to say, like, I, I think I, there was a break from MMOs and kind of in gaming in general. I, I you know, some single player kind of strategy, like four X's. I think I stayed in for a while. I think it came back about the time. I, I'm trying to think if there was anything else that filled in, and maybe there was, but just you saying like it turned into an alien game really reminded me of Prey. Mm, the first one the first one the original like where you're a native american and, mm -hmm. and get sucked up by aliens and whatnot and that game was wild yeah like i don't consider myself a creep like a person that likes to play creepy games or horror games especially and definitely no jump scares but that was a creepy game to play through yeah i knew a friend that had it but i never i never played through prey um, it was really good there was a lot of i i think it's a little bit more story driven than mm -hmm. half-life but played a lot similar to there was a lot of levels that had puzzles that you kind of had to get to get through um but i think it did a really good job of blending puzzles and first person shooting together yeah that's well that's and that see for me that's why this is such a silly a silly premise to begin with of this like do you like fps because i don't think i ever went away like i i think i've played fps i mean i was a little bit late to the game as far as i didn't play again wolfenstein and doom and those things at the very beginning but once i got in i don't think i ever really stopped playing fps games like i i played like call of duty 4 the first the original call of duty 4 modern warfare mm -hmm. that game i mean it 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 is the reason that the Call of Duty franchise is what it is today, because they're all derivative or not derivative, but additions to that formula. But that was the first time that an FPS had introduced like loadouts in that way and like unlock like the RPG style unlocks that you're getting the kill streaks, like all of that stuff was introduced in Call of Duty four. So was four before Black Ops? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well okay. So Black like Ops. I so I didn't get back into like modern shooters was black ops 2 um now it's uh, to be clear so i played i also here you go i also played battlefield 2 um i did play one of, so i played star wars battlefront 
mm. which was a battlefield style game in the yeah. fact that you had like 60 people or 30 people on a side or something in the original one. That's um, fair. Um, yeah, the original Battlefield was actually the first non-MMO online-only game. That, well, that's not true, I guess. Star Siege probably would have been Tribes because that was only an online yeah. multiplayer experience too. But anyway, yeah, Battlefield 2 was a modern shooter. And that's the thing, though, that, that people, if they weren't around at the time or, or weren't buying games at the time, wouldn't understand is that from like after Medal of Honor came out, mainstream other than Halo and, and Half Life, uh, so I guess not only because right. we just went through several, but primarily mainstream AAA FPS titles were World War II shooters. That yeah. was just yes, that's what everyone made. Mm-hmm. And so Battlefield Two, so the original Battlefield is Battlefield 1942, yet right. again a World War II game. Yes. And then that turns that comes out later to be Battlefield Two, which was modern, and that was one of the only modern, you know, real world, if you will, shooters that I had ever played. Um, and so when Call of Duty Four came out, because the first three Call of Duties are all World War Two games, okay. And then Call of Duty Four comes out, and it's Modern Warfare, which was like, oh man, this is crazy, and it it was. I mean, it was it was it was great. And then you had Modern Warfare Two, and then I think black ops comes out after modern warfare 2 so it's, i mean even to that i wasn't until black ops 2 that i mm, got in right um, so yeah but i and maybe that's not entirely true i think i played a little bit of black ops i think we also totally skipped over perfect dark which i just want to give a shout out to i played a lot of perfect dark and the laptop gun and the super dragon like they just became some memes for me they were more i guess inside jokes than memes but I will never forget another completely different good friend of mine and I shouting Super Dragon because the Super Dragon was just such a ridiculous like alt fire on weapons. Like having two modes for each gun was a big deal because I think the only alt fire gun up to that point really was like the flat cannon from Unreal Tournament, mm. which also shout out Unreal Tournament 2K was probably outside of Half-Life Deathmatch. Unreal Tournament 2K was our go-to LAN party, like, game. Yeah, see, that's a really good... So uh, so for me, which I didn't LAN very much, but, like, Soldier of Fortune, I played that okay. a lot. Yep. Um, but the Unreal games, like Unreal and Quake, the arena-style mm-hmm. shooters, I never owned any of them, and the few times that I ever tried to play them, I just got absolutely massacred. Because <laughs> they're so much different than there all is. the other shooters we've talked yeah. about. They're so frantic and fast and the verticality of them mm-hmm. was not in anything else. Um, I just, yeah, I was not, I, <laughs> I was unprepared for uh, the unreal games. Um, but I, you know, something you, you mentioned it, but I, so halo one and two, I didn't play a lot, but halo three, I actually played a ton of halo three. Oh yeah. Me and another buddy both had Xbox three sixties mm-hmm. um, independently. So we didn't have to play split screen, but they were yep. in the same house. And so we, we played side by side, co-op online halo 3 i mean oh with your own co-op with your own screen had to have been just great yeah well i mean so that's the the funny thing is i say i haven't been to very many land parties and that's true that i didn't go to very many i'm gonna pack up my machine Mm -hmm. and go and meet 10 other guys i packed up my machine and two 15 inch crt monitors 
Good which were like, each. yeah, 50 pounds each, seat belting them into the front and back seats of my car. And the land party they went to, I was lucky. Most of the land parties were about a mile and a half from my house. Nice. But I still seat belted them in because. Oh, oof. yeah. Um, I did that a few times. But so while that's true that I didn't do a ton of land parties, since I was 18, the household setup, which is true to this day, and I am 36 now, <laughs> so for 18 years, double that lifetime, um, I have lived in a land party style setup where there right. is just at least two machines in the front room where I typically spend most of my time. And then other people, if they come over, will bring their own machine if they're going to come over for. Yeah, I mean, I I brought my PC over to you. There you when, go. You know, when you were in the apartment, <laughs> I bought. That was when I first got my gaming laptop, which was super uh -huh. top of the line, and I was like, I could take it anywhere. This is the best LAN party device ever. Right. Uh, yeah. But so yeah, but but so playing X, both of us playing Xbox 360 was really just an extension of what we did anyway, except with our PCs because. Right. That's just how the living room is set up, and again, still is, uh, which might speak to why I have been single for as long as I have, because <laughs> <laughs> it turns out the chick magnet is not, look at my room of PCs. <laughs> upon I don't know, I it's game. getting there. It's getting it there. Is. It is. Like, you don't not need to drink. Sure. You're not going to be, in, in coronavirus times, you're not going to be cruising in your 6-4 down Main Street, bumping <laughs> a stereo system to pick up chicks. It's right. just take a picture of your LED like lit up computer pc box right. and boom you'll bring them all in like... i actually don't have any of that either i have no art i have a you just keyboard. need to get some leds get an led <laughs> keyboard and a couple of laser towers right, like right. you'll be good <laughs> um but yeah so halo 3 was was huge call of duty 4 for me personally was pretty huge um and then, so somewhere, like I played Modern Warfare 2 also and bought it at launch and was excited. But after that, I kind of lost myself on Call of Duty for a while. Like, I started playing single-player campaigns, but I wasn't really that into the multiplayer anymore. Um, largely just because I got so into Halo 3, and Halo 3 felt like a more competitive experience because yes. there's not things like kill streaks right. where you call in a helicopter that you don't and have even to control. Like Halo 4 is when they introduced the kind of class system and the jetpacks and stuff. Like uh, Halo Reach. 3 was definitely a lot more pure. Yes. Reach is actually where they introduced that stuff. Oh, the last part. Yeah. I, I, Reach doesn't exist in my. <laughs> Reach actually, to Bungie's credit, so Reach was the last Bungie made Halo, and uh, it actually is a pretty good, especially single player. It's actually a really compelling story. Uh, it's it's really good, and and it's for a mainstream AAA kind of title. The ending is much darker than just about any other game right. would be because it's the prequel to the whole Halo series, yes. right? So, um. But yeah, I mean, and then, and I'm not trying to skip way too far ahead in time, and I probably am, but I feel like I wasn't really that into shooters after Halo 3 for a long time until, nope, that's not true, Borderlands. I was, so I was waiting for you to say whatever you were going to say, because I know you played the first Borderlands, and I didn't, and I was going to throw that right back, but you already caught it, so I was I, like, yeah, Borderlands I 1. I dabbled in Borderlands 1, but really Borderlands 2 is the one yeah. that sucked me so in. So Borderlands 2 is the one that got me as well, which I think you got Borderlands 2 and would not let up on me. Right. You were like, no, Borderlands 2. And I was like, no, you were like, I will buy it for you. And I'm like, it can't be that 
good that you are well and it's at this time neither one of us were like well to do right we weren't well to do <laughs> and we weren't we were just like our friendship was just kind of blossoming around mm. borderlands time because like we knew of each other but we didn't do a lot of gaming together i still gamed with my friends and you gamed with yours and we would talk about those experiences but those two friend groups did not ever blend we right. did but those groups really didn't right and borderlands 2 was my first foray into you had a couple of buddies that played and mm. i finally like dove in on right. that on that side Borderlands 2, man, it, it's, and again, it, you know, now it, uh, uh, there's other games that, that do the same thing, but that cell shaded art style, man, it just, I, I just, I love it. Like, I, I love how much it looks like I'm playing a cartoon. Like, I just can't get, I can't get over it. And there's some JRPGs that are like that too. Like, modern JRPGs look like animes. It, yeah. it just looks like you're playing an anime and it blows me away. Like, I love it so much like i i oh i drink i actually have to jump back now yep because so this is i don't know how far on the line this is it's not really a shooter but i can't not give a shout out to mirror's edge Mm. yeah it's not really a shooter it's more of the first first the second one is a little bit closer to a shooter there's more shooter segments anyway but it's a first person action parkour game right like it 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 is it is as intense as a i would say in my opinion it is as intense as a verticalized first person shooter a la halo 2 or 3 multiplayer or an unreal tournament without having while still being a modern based game because you're you don't have a jetpack or anything but there is as much jumping and bounding like the the adrenaline rush of running through mirror's edge in my opinion is as high as rocket jumping to avoid a shot a a sniper in unreal tournament that's fair but i would argue that it's more similar to a platformer because you're really kind of on rails and just going through the level you Um, are there's a lot of ways it's a a platformer more like a sonic platformer where like any way you go you can get to the end most of the time but there's like four or five levels of paths through right. that way. But I do think you're right that it's the, the first person element of it adds a level to exhilaration uh, to the exhilaration of it. That really wasn't experienced before that. Right. Like the closest you would get would be like a Prince of Persia, but that was the remakes that were all third person. And yeah. that just wasn't like doing that in the first person wall running and the fact that the whole camera rolled when you like did a roll on the ground off of a jump or something i mean like and that hit at such a moment that parkour was just starting to be popularized through like youtube and stuff like that and the fact that it it just hit this sweet spot that i can't not mention mirror's edge because the i didn't play through the second one yet i still want to but ea boo uh this was before my great fallout with ea where the first Mirror's Edge, I was a big fan of, and I remember my then girlfriend, now wife, uh, could not watch me play that game because it made her sick. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Where you just I had to be that. in it. Yeah, I, I played Mirror's Edge a little bit, um, but I wasn't. It didn't. It didn't grab me uh, in that way. Um, I thought it was neat, but it. I probably played it for two hours. You know what I mean? And oh, if that, I played it and then started. I didn't. I didn't get 
do like a hardcore run, but I played through some of the challenge stuff too. Like I was pretty big into it. Yeah. But then that does jump us back. That now I'll jump. I had to give an honorable mention. No, it's fine. Yeah, I would say Borderlands Two is definitely where, especially you and I, as far as our shooter history together, mm-hmm. it definitely starts with Borderlands Two. Yeah, yeah. Borderlands Two was a really a really great experience. Um, it was. It's one of the. I mean, maybe the first time actually that I laughed at a game with it, um, or so laughed with a game, not at it. And not not at just really corny puns. Like there had been games before that that I had laughed at. But I was going like... to say, like I laugh at corny puns though. So like for me, like that goes back to Space Quest Four. Like <laughs> I was not very old when I laughed with a video game, like King's Quest, Space Quest. Like yeah, and I get that, and I think I probably did did as well. I mean, I don't know about those games specifically, but I'm sure I'd found other things amusing. But just that, like, like it felt like for lack of a better way like to say it like an adult writing the humor is definitely a whole nother level when you right. get to borderlands too yeah you're either um, offended or you laugh and it's the well, same and joke <laughs> the thing is, is that a lot of people deride borderlands humor which we talked about in our borderlands 3 episode but people will complain about it because like oh it's all just super crass stuff and it's like that is there and i do get that that is grating and that's actually not the humor of it that i like what I like is the incredibly dark, casual word. The the casual dark. Yes. It, does, it glosses over some of the most horrible things that you could think of, and it just says them. Yes. And makes yes. there's no apologies. There's no lead up. It's just right. Boom. Yeah. Agreed. Um. But yeah, Borderlands two, and then. I don't know. I mean, I think probably shortly after that, the next shooter that I was just completely blown away by was Doom 2016, which I had not looked forward to at all. So I guess I'm going to back up because I played. So I played Borderlands 2. Oh, no, no. So 2016. Yeah. I'm I'm double checking real quick, cycling Ooh. through. Now, I, I think. Yeah, there's some other first person stuff, but not first person shooter. Yeah, yeah, I think I think Doom Actually, 2016 I'm, is about unless see, nope, we going back. This shows again the absurdity of the premise of this episode to begin with, because yet again I have forgotten another game, and that would be which this one was short lived, but it's a really impactful experience that still is with me today. And that was for only probably two to three weeks, me and and three of my other buddies all landing at my apartment, right? Um, played through payday two. Oh, okay nonstop for like three weeks like we would work come home i mean it was like we were kids again like i mean right. we mid-20s so we were to some extent but um it was crazy i mean we played so much payday too and it was amazing and then once it wasn't it wasn't so i don't want to derail this super hard and i don't want to spend too much time on this but do you consider and maybe this is just comes down to how you played gta no, because it's not a first-person perspective. Okay. So you, do, so the, but so like what GTA Five? You could play first-person. I don't know how many of the others you could, but it really not. comes down to how much you played in one or the other, like um, from first-person's perspective or not. But I don't know when that came about. So that wasn't about in like San Andreas and stuff like that, I guess. It's also not in GTA Five in the original release. Oh, really? It's only in GTA Five in the next-gen versions, which oh. were PS4 and Xbox One, and okay. then. 
PC. I so when they that. when they ported it and updated it, that was part of the uh. the the newness of because they're re-releasing the same game, but it's like, mm-hmm. but the whole thing's in first person. And to their credit, they do an amazing job of creating first person GTA. Right. Like they don't cut any corners. No, not at all. It, I played the majority of when I played GTA, I played the majority of it in first person. Yeah. The only thing that I didn't like so I've dabbled a little bit on PC. I haven't ever beaten GTA five on PC. I beat it on 360 in the original version. Um I didn't like driving in first person yeah, because no, that's just, about the only thing that I won't do. Yep. It's just so much easier to drive in mm-hmm. third person. Cause you can um, see around you. Like right. <laughs> you just have a wider field of view. Well, so you just, don't T-bone people as often. <laughs> understanding your speed in relation to the other cars is easier. Mm-hmm. Just all of it is easier, I think. But, um, but yeah, but so that's funny. Actually, you bring that up because GTA is not a first person okay. game yeah. until until the then yeah, and that's why i was like it depended on how you played i didn't know like i kind of assumed that we're not and like i said i didn't want to go super down that rabbit hole but sure um but yeah so um and then so, so we had i had borderlands and then oh doom 2016 yeah mm-hmm. doom 2016 so i was salty on doom since doom 3 so in right. 2016 i was still mad 12 years later about my experience in 2004 wasn't looking forward to doom 2016 at all was laughing at it i couldn't believe i was right. like you're really you're remaking this garbage well and i so i don't know if i'm right on this so correct me if i'm wrong because it could be way off but did i convince you to play doom 2016 no no i i the night it came out kotaku or pc gamer or someone put an article out okay never was like yeah this, <laughs> yeah it was like this game is really amazing and so i was like Really? So I went and loaded up Twitch to see mm-hmm. what it was like. And yeah, boy, were they right. It was, I was, I was like, wow, that looks super fun. And I downloaded and bought it right then. Okay. Then I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember, honestly, if there's ever been a game that I've convinced you to play, maybe old town or the steam town game made this uh, yeah. a couple of games, but no, that, that would be correct. Cause I didn't play doom 2016 until later too. Cause my computer, it wasn't, my old mm. laptop that I had played Terraria and like Minecraft on could really only run those games. And it right. wasn't until I got my new laptop that you're like, hey, you have a video card now. Go play Doom. <laughs> and I was like, and I gave the same excuses, which was like Doom 3 and old Doom games, which you gave the the same kind of spiel here, which is like, no, just do it. Trust me. Like right. I have, many games I have played because you have threatened to buy them for me and I can't let that stand. So here's the, and this is, and this is a little self-congratulatory or, or whatever. And I don't, I don't mean to be it that way, but, but I, I, I do earnestly operate this way. I would not suggest something that I wasn't a hundred percent certain was worth the suggestion. So if something is middling, I will just say like, Look, I like like for example, this is not gaming related, but I like the show Twenty Four, the right. Kiefer Sutherland action TV show. But I know it's not really a good show, so I would never recommend it to anyone. Now, I might tell someone I liked it, and here's why. So maybe if you like those things, you would like it. But I would never just be like, you have to watch Twenty Four, dude. It's well, so great. I mean, even to your credit, with like something like X Force like the defense the tower defense first or like flyer top-down shooter game you're like you might like this i think you kind of could get something out of this and i was like yeah it looks kind of interesting but you weren't like i'll buy it for you you're like "Eh, if you're into it you might like it and here's why 
But with things like Borderlands and Doom 2016, you were like, I will buy this for you. And if you don't like it, then fine. But if you like it, you you have to pay me back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So actually, I did think of one, and that would be the Balloons Tower Defense series. You introduced that to me. I was the one that it. Really? Yeah. No, I mean, like, I, I mean, I knew that I had been introduced much earlier, but I didn't know that I was the one that introduced that to you. So, okay, fair enough. I'll take a, at the time. That'll be my tiny little pride house, and I'll <laughs> live in that little house because, <laughs> like, you just recommend so many games to me, and I, I feel bad because I don't ever. Although you should still play Gone Home. Right. Yeah. Well, when you play Rocket League, I'll be. <laughs> Unhappy. soon soon um, it'll come to it, it'll be on epic for free and this episode will probably be old by that we're dating ourselves <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i well i mean the truth is is that i just try a lot of games i just yeah. i mean i uh oh and i'm very thankful there's a, yeah. there's a lot of there's also probably as many games that you've said eh, not worth it i'm like yes off the wish list you go <laughs> i will not be pining for you or spending real my dollars on you because well it, it first it's the it, it's funny i was actually thinking about this the other day because you, you and i in, a, in one of our episodes talked about um the fear of missing out in mm-hmm. context of jrpgs and like if you have too many party members how do you decide which party member to use and are right. you supposed to replay and what is this and the fomo is so real um and and i talked at that point about how that that was true for me with like mmos where and we talked about it in another episode too but where i i will want to try like all of the classes you Mm -hmm. know because i want to like well what if that one's just way more fun than the other one and on and on that's actually i mean really my entire gaming life could be described as just one giant case of fomo because I don't just play one game and be satisfied with it and be like, yeah, I'm just going to play this until I beat it and, and love it. I play it and I'm like, wow, that's really cool. And then I'm immediately like, but there's that one over there. And what if it's even more compelling? And it's usually not, (laughs) but that doesn't stop me. So to some extent, I think, yeah, I think that the FOMO drives my, my gaming purchases. See, it's funny because that's where you and I flip is I have huge FOMO, but won't buy a game and you but but you will but on the flip side i take your pettiness when it comes to beating games like Mm. i won't i won't not beat a game unless i just can't um so i will go out and you just will throw a game out if it displeases you in any way if it looks at you sideways then yeah i mean (laughs) it's just it's a thing where it's like i'm you know, I don't know. I, I think my free time is very precious to me and I don't want to spend it doing something that I don't think is fun. You know what I mean? Oh, like, nope. I will. I will not enjoy it to the grave. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not entirely true, though. It's you not, didn't finish Far Cry. <laughs> There's a few games that I won't finish. It has it's, to really. But it my tolerance level is way higher than yours is for that. This is true. This is true. Oh, well, so to. to I mean, and people who have listened to other episodes will know some of this, but it's it's also I'm being a bit not disingenuous, but to, to, to just put more light on this, it's not it's not just that I will stop a game halfway through. Like maybe right. that would be a little more believable or understandable because it's like, oh, well, you just don't think it's fun. And why would you, you play for another it. 30 hours? Right. I stop at the last boss fight on mini games and not even because it's too hard always. Sometimes it's that. Sometimes it's because. Like in the very first time I ever did that was this game called Summoner that was on PS2. It was a, this weird RPG. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
And I got so mad at the story. Again, since when do I care about story? <laughs> I was so mad at the story and I couldn't believe that they had ended it in the cheap way that they did. And I was like, you know what? Out of spite of this, I refused <laughs> to complete it. And that's where it began. That's where the I refused to complete this began. And then, of course, it became much less um, the criteria the by which. dropped dramatically yeah. after that. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> that's funny because I, I don't think there's a. I'm trying to think. I do not honestly believe that there is a game that I've gotten to the last level on that I haven't beaten it, even if I had to cheat, but right. I'd still beat it. Right. Like, because I didn't care. Like, for me, cheating didn't matter at that point. I just wanted it to be over. Whereas you would not care, not cheat. I also want it to be over. Right. I want that so much that I'm just willing to shut it off right yeah, now. I can't forever. do that. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I think, the, again, as we've spoken in the past, the only game that I cheated at and still didn't beat was X XCOM 2. <laughs> <laughs> where cheating took so much effort to cheat my way through that game uh, that activating the cheats every level and then still spending 20 minutes on a mission i just couldn't do it anymore <laughs> i i love the XCOM series so much but but at the same time like it's almost it's not quite don't starve but maybe it should be because in both cases it's like i love so much about what they have done like it is so cool yeah but it's so stressful that I never play. I think that I think that XCOM is a don't starve. You're just not as aware. That's what I like, mean. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's it might as well be a hardcore game, but you're just not as aware of when you're hosed. Right. So right. so to bring it back, so Borderlands two and then Doom twenty sixteen. Doom twenty sixteen, we both agree. Like I I I when I played that game through, I was like, oh my god, why didn't I play this when it came out? Like it was so earth shattering, and I was. I think it was several years. So Doom 2016. I want to say. So I, I know I was in. So it's probably like 2017, 2018 when I played it. Mm -hmm. um, and I then introduced it to other people whom I was like, no, you th that also had given the same excuses. Like, nope, I gave the same exact excuses. Just play it here. Use my computer. Put on. Like, I remember that was at a time in my life when I had started working like morning shifts instead of night shifts and had to be up at like six, seven o'clock in the morning was staying up till 2 AM with headphones on and headphones on in 2016. Like it's not, it, it's not going out of its way to be a horror game, but still has horror game elements in it. Mm -hmm. And with like, and I use for anybody that knows me personally knows that I use really expensive studio quality headphones and I'm a big fan of 360 sound and stuff like that. So I'm a, I'm a big audiophile and having that level of immersion, I had to stop playing it. Like I, that was when I started my schedule of no games after 10 PM mm. because if I played doom 2016 after 10 PM, like I would play it until 2 a.m. and then just pass out and then have nightmares <laughs> because I was so immersed. Right. Like it started messing with my head. And after a couple of times, I was like, I can't do this. I'm getting nightmares and heartburn <laughs> because of doom. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, it's, uh, you know, just a little behind the scenes for the listeners. I mean, our most listened to episode is the episode where we gush about Doom 2016 for well over an hour in preparation for Doom Eternal, which moment of silence, Brett has not had the chance to play yet. (sighs) However, uh, actually (laughs) just upgrades Doom 2016 in every single way. It's, it's, it's literally just better than Doom 2016. Or the same, you know what I mean? Like it's, I say that just to, just to explain, like as much as you and I love Doom 2016, that is. I know, and Doom as we have said, there will be a whole another episode. There was just a lot oh. of things have happened that have gotten in the way of me having a video card whose drivers will freaking update because my video card can run it, but I can't get driver support for the video card that can run it. So. Yep. Eventually, eventually it'll happen. There's just been a lot of real life that got in the way of that. <laughs> yep. It is 2020. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess an honorable mention too, I should give, I, I mentioned Battlefield 2, um, but I actually played Battlefield 3 quite a bit when it mm-hmm. launched. That was actually a, the Battlefield series doesn't, is, and it's funny actually for you being someone that's so, as into audio as you are, the battlefield series does such a good job with sound mm-hmm. like it, it feels like you're there in more than in any other game that i've played i just so this is actually something that i haven't talked about a lot actually i don't know how much of this you you personally know uh i am so anti world war 2 anything um because i was in like some accelerated learning classes for a while in in my elementary school years, at which point, because it was accelerated learning, I guess that just meant learn earlier. I for three years straight we did World War II in our accelerated learning to a depth that is creepy, uh, and uh, things that were not expressed even in my high school years. But then, outside of that then moved into high school years, which was like three more years of World War II is the main thing that you learn in like high school history. I am so sick and tired of World War II anything that I refuse to integrate with any of it if I can avoid it. Well, you should be happy to know then that the Battlefield games, Battlefield 3 and 4, are uh, definitely modern warfare games. Okay. Now, Battlefield 1, which is not, the first game in the right, series right references world war one and battlefield five which is the most recent one is a world war two game but battlefield three and four which you'll never play because they're ea games yeah, yeah uh, but they are at thing. least modern shooters so that's fair no i i didn't i avoided so much of that like the plague it wasn't until like when when we played um which god we still have to do this one um foxhole Mm. I mm-hmm. almost I almost wouldn't do it because it looked World War II. <laughs> it, yeah, well, it, it's themed off of it's World War One and Two. Yeah, but it, it's not actually. It's kind of why, like, I won't do Wolfenstein either. Like the the new Wolfenstein's are so praised as being awesome, and I know they're so far from World War Two. Yeah, without being, it's just the same time period, alternate universe. I still can't do alternate universes in that timeline. The only alternate universe in that timeline that I will even remotely touch is the B movie series Iron Sky. That's Ah. it. That's as far as I'll go. (laughs) Sense of guilt with the Wolfenstein games. So the new Wolfenstein games are, um, 
are good entries in the Wolfenstein series, and, and they're not bad games, but they are not too old Wolfenstein what Doom 2016 and Eternal is to old. They are not as good as the new Doom games. So even though they come from that same history and heritage, the new Wolfenstein games don't hold a candle. They they play much more like a standard... Like, they could have been made in 2005. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, they're not... They're not groundbreaking in any way other than they're Wolfenstein games. So that for that IP, they're important because they're quality games, but they're not innovative, at least in my opinion, in, in any meaningful way other than an alternate history. So in a story they are, because I don't know about many right. other World War II alternative history things. But yeah, as far as gameplay, no, just stick with Doom and you'll be much happier. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's that's a lot closer to my my realm of things anyway but then yeah i mean so doom eternal obviously would be the most recent but then but then the next closest to that would be borderlands 3 that we played through yeah we played through borderlands um, 3 i which was I also i loved it yeah loved it's great bit of it. um i hope someday you buy a larger hard drive or something so you can reinstall it so we can play again because it's <laughs> um it, it's still it's it, it's good and man that and they've had now almost a year, actually. Yeah, DLCs and updates and... Yeah. Balances and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, it's just still that art style. I'll, I, I will it forever... It is. The art style is amazing. And I think a big part of it that kind of crushed my soul was, was Tiny Tina just wasn't the same. Yeah, that was weird. And that it was, was just kind of awkward. It was like yeah. kind of cringy. Like, like there are... So this is totally left field, but there are some, there's a TikTok, like you can use audios from random things. And there are a lot of audios that are available for use. And several of them are classic Tiny Tina's from Borderlands 2 ah. that people will lip sync or apply to like Dungeons and Dragons or just whatever, or cosplay or this or that or the other. And like one of the popular ones is like the, when she's talking about like, I think it's the the crater ver- like DLC where she's talking like before you were like pow and now I'm gonna make you like piddly pow and like real people eat chocolate chip cookies like those quotes are just very often like done and they're classic they're forever classic and all of the pieces in Borderland Three when you encounter her with like the pizza and the toppings and stuff was like a really cringy rehash of the old jokes in a worse way and it just it landed it fell short it landed flat and fell short and i just couldn't couldn't get down on it like if she didn't make an appearance at all it would have been okay it would have been better i think yeah yeah i mean i think that the difference really is that and i think actually the borderlands 2 writing is better than borderlands 3 and that's overall i think overall i think there are places where borderlands 3 writing is good great and or better in some places but overall, Borderlands 2 takes the cake. Well, it's Anthony Birch. That's right. the guy who wrote yeah. Borderlands 2. So, and he's, that's Ashley Birch, Tiny mm-hmm. Tina's brother. So, <laughs> yep. um, that guy is really talented. And I don't know what he does now. I should find out and see if he's writing anything else. Because, yeah, he's hilarious. I mean, I'm sure other people contribute to the writing of Borderlands oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 2. But there, so, was, there was a lot of big braininess from Anthony Birch. Yes, so. exactly. Exactly. 
Um, well, we have definitely talked about a lot of, of FPS games, but I think we can uh, do... Uh, I mean, I said it at the beginning unequivocally. Yes, I am an FPS fan. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know if it's my favorite genre. I probably want to say that MMORPGs are just because I'm, I actually have like weird addiction issues with those. Right. Um. <laughs> I, I mean, I probably want to say that strategy games are, but honestly, I find myself like... The games that I wish would have been released and or completed the most are fps's i I still still like starcraft ghost and tiberium Mm. are the two games like tiberium was done it was complete there's another reason that i hate ea the entire game was finished fully completed the sole reason they didn't want to launch it is because they didn't want to invest the the marketing money in it which would probably be an ea's case equal to the cost of the game so doubling down on it but like that game looked incredible and command and conquer is one of my favorite universes so to not get another game in that franchise that could have been an amazing first person shooter with strategic game elements to it like really disheartening and starcraft ghost i mean i remember the original talks of starcraft ghost where the like you can shoot the grenade pin off of a space marine's like belt and the grenade will fall and explode like i remember seeing those things and cloaking as a ghost and being a first person against mostly because i still am not exactly sure where the hydralisk spines come from because in brood war it kind of looks like their chest opens up and they shoot spikes but then in starcraft 2 it looks like there's spikes on their heads that they kind of throw I'm like, I just want to know where was it? Where was it supposed to be? Mm. Like, because I think chest opening up to razor spikes that it fires out is just kind of, or no. its head. I don't know. I don't know. But I wanted to know, and and the first person shooter would have solved that for me. <laughs> That's fair, but I don't know. I I think I don't have a problem with game companies not releasing games because if they release a bad game, they will take more flack for mm-hmm. that than they ever would for not releasing it. So. I can almost forgive StarCraft Ghost because StarCraft 2, except for the fact that there was such a timeline. There was so much wow that happened between StarCraft and StarCraft 2 that made me mad. Mm. Tiberium was like after Tiberium 4 came out and was terrible. It's like, well, we have this first person shooter. I'm like, redemption, redemption, please. And then no. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know. To yeah. With them. Yeah. <laughs> I. I guess, I mean, fair. Uh, I just, but I, I do think, I, I do appreciate it if a developer doesn't push out shovelware just because they said they were going For to. sure, for sure. I can respect like, it. Like, you would like Command & Conquer more if CNC 4 didn't exist. Yes, yes, that is true. So, but I would like it even better if, if Tiberium did exist. Because that, like, I don't know. It's one of the few times that a trailer to a game hyped me like to that level to that extreme level like the tiberium trailer is so amazing that it because like to so tiberium 3 like kane's wrath that was still ea and and i was okay with it i know we're not in first person territory anymore but but like i was okay with them taking the storyline and where they went with the screen and stuff like that and like tiberium the first person shooter happens after kane's wrath Right. And I was like, yes, this is the entry that I want. It is the in-between game that I want. Mm-hmm. And never happened. 
but yeah. it looked like it was going to be awesome. And all the reviews, there were like pre-reviews coming out for it. Like people were talking about like how the game played because pre-release copies were available to some reviewers and then it just vaporized. Like it was a completed game. I don't know. But I mean, it just goes to show again, two of the games that I've wanted to come out the most again, are first person shooters. Right. So I, it's hard to admit it. We're FPS bros. Yeah. We're We're FPS bros. It is. Yeah. I can't say I still, I need to take a shower now. (laughs) Well, when you you do and you emerge from it, know that you're still an FPS bro. No, no. I'll scrub it (laughs) off. 90 minutes talking about the last 25 years of our life and it's riddled with fps's but you can't but this is the, we've got oh, like a year's worth of episodes <laughs> uh-huh. i know I of know. which are most listened to <laughs> no no our two most listened to episodes are doom and borderlands i <laughs> Probably because we're the most passionate about them. No, don't say it like that. Because yeah, we love it the most. So we sell it the best. <laughs> pick up on the energy. They're like, wow, they're really into these games. If this episode gets shared and liked to the level of those episodes, maybe I'll concede. <laughs> so it's up to you, listener. <laughs> All right, well, that's all for our episode today. Follow us on Twitter to join the discussion, share your thoughts, or catch our stream times. If you enjoy the show, tell a friend and help us keep growing our audience. You can also join us on Discord and in our Steam group. All of the links are available in the show notes. If you want more of my insights on pretty much anything in life not related to gaming, please check out my other podcast, The Walk Show, which is available everywhere podcasts are found.